Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It's Tuesday. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you're having a very good start to your week. A bit of a quiet week, certainly a bit of a quiet start to the week for Arsenal. Lots of FA Cup action this weekend, uh, this midweek, sorry, of course, which Arsenal are no longer involved in. So we're going to have to take a bit of a watching watching glance of things this week and we build up towards the Premier League and there's no Premier League game for Arsenal this weekend. We've got to wait until Monday night for that trip to Sheffield United. So yeah, a little bit of a quiet, a little bit of downtime as we prepare for that game. But after the week Arsenal had last week and the demands of that, the travel, the European trip, then probably best to have a little bit of break. The players had two days off, actually. Arteta gave them two days off after the win against Newcastle. So Sunday off, Monday off, they're back to it today at London Colney. But still plenty to talk about today. I want to talk about Gabriel Jesus and how he's being managed back into the side kind of ties into Thomas Partey and Zinchenko as well, which we spoke about yesterday. So we'll look at his situation and decision facing Mikel Arteta in terms of when to bring him back in to make sure he is ready for the season running. Got lots and lots of questions and comments from you guys as well today, which I wanted to get uh, get involved in the show. Um, uh, what else is going on? There's a little bit that I want to talk about Rio Ferdinand. And don't worry this time, I'm not getting sucked into what Rio Ferdinand's had to say. I just wanted to have a little bit of a laugh at what he's had to say today. So, yeah, don't worry. I'm not getting sucked into his uh, his rubbish that he's been spouting recently. But I wanted to flag it anyway. Uh, so, yeah, plenty to discuss. But first of all, I just wanted to say a big thank you to all of you guys for this. The channel today is four years old. Well, actually not today, yesterday, I think was a four year birthday from the first video that I posted and uploaded onto my channel. And uh, yeah, I got, it got flagged yesterday. I didn't even notice, but uh, YouTube sent a little message out saying it's your birthday, uh, which I thought, wow, four. So I had a little look and it's unbelievable really looking at it. Obviously up to nearly 95,000 subscribers now on the channel, which just blows my mind. But I mean, 32 million views videos that I've posted 
have had in the four years since that first video went live. You know, watch time of 4.6 million hours. Um, yeah, it's just mad, really. When I sat down and started and thought, you know what, I'm going to do I'm going to do a YouTube channel. Never in my wildest dreams would I imagine that, that this would have would have happened and that you guys would have supported it as much as you had. So, yeah, just wanted to say a big thank you to all of you for uh, the last four years. And hopefully, you know, we'll have another four years to come, another six years to come to reach the 10 year anniversary. Who knows what YouTube or the world will look like in six years time. But just for the last four years and for all the support you've given for all the time you sat down and watched, liked, a video commented on a video i just really do appreciate it so thank you very much indeed right let's talk about gabriel jesus shall we now it's brilliant to see him back on the bench at the weekend against newcastle bit surprising wasn't expecting it i have to admit so it was very nice surprise to see it obviously he didn't come on and i think there's a certain method to that method to the madness if you want to call it that although it's certainly not madness I think it's a uh, pretty wise to be honest not to throw him on who knows he might have come on if the game had panned out differently and Arsenal were desperately in need and a goal but fortunately for Arsenal for Arteta um, the game panned out perfectly we're like we don't need to rush Gabriel Jesus we need to make sure we get him back fit now I watched after the game at uh, the weekend when all the fans leave the stadium and I was still there doing my video, doing my player ratings video. And I often see it that the substitutes all come out onto the pitch and they have a sort of warm down game or well, it's not really, I can't even describe it. It's a warm down game actually, because it's very, very high intensity. And it goes on for about sort of 15, 20 minutes, small sided game, sort of in one half of the pitch with full size goals. Um, and they always have a really intense sort of match. And as I was doing a video and uploading it all, I always watch it. Always, it's always quite entertaining to watch and gives you a good sort of behind the scenes glimpse into how some of the substitutes are doing and the players are coming back and I watched Gabriel Jesus who took full part in this session and I watched him very very closely and he was all over the place you know there was no easing back into it he looked you know absolutely on it um, and I thought it was quite interesting to watch especially as he wasn't given any minutes in the game against Newcastle and Arsenal have got to get it right when it comes to Gabriel Jesus. And I spoke about this yesterday when I spoke about Thomas Partey and Zinchenko and Mikel Arteta's comment last week ahead of the game against Newcastle that Arsenal have to nail the timing when it comes to Thomas Partey's return. And it looks like that return could well come against Sheffield United on Monday night. And when you sort of compare that, compare it to, uh, to Gabriel Jesus, I think it's a very, very similar situation. Now, you look, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Arsenal's running with the Premier League games to go. you got Sheffield United on Monday and then you've got Brentford at the weekend. And then you've got a really big period coming up there where Arsenal play Chelsea at home. Then there's the international break, which fingers crossed all the players come back from OK. And then you've got the massive one, you know, on Easter Sunday, Manchester City. Then it's Luton. Then it's Brighton away. Really tough game. And then it's Aston Villa, who who knows could have a say in this title race as well. They're not that far behind yet, although everyone's saying it's a three horse race. You know, Villa and Unai Emery are doing a fantastic job in sort of keeping within touch and distance. I mean, that's a huge period of games for Arsenal. Absolutely massive. And you want your squad as in best shape as possible. And you want your top players in as best shape as possible. And we can all, you know, it's, I think it's easy to fall into the trap with Gabriel Jesus. And I've seen it. I've seen lots of you comment on it. Again, he shouldn't walk into the team. And I certainly don't think he should walk straight back into the team because the team have been doing very, 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 very well in his absence. In fact, I've got a stat here quickly from Orbino, if you haven't seen it. Arsenal have scored more goals this season after 26 games than they have in any league campaign since 1963-64. 60 years 
and they'd netted 69 times uh, back then in 63-64. So 60 years, Arsenal have now scored more goals than they have done since 1963-64, which is a remarkable stat, especially when you consider some of the teams that Arsenal had and the attackers that they've had in that time throughout you know, George Graham's era, Arsene Wenger's era, all of those times. And yeah, Arsenal scored more now in a season where we're all worried about how many goals they were going to score and how many chances they were creating. Um, so I don't think Gabriel Jesus should walk back into the side, but wow, I mean, you want Gabriel Jesus involved in this title running 100% for his experience, but for his quality as well. And he's a very, very good player. You think in the last game that he played before he got injured against Nottingham Forest when Arsenal won, it was his goal and his assists that gave Arsenal the win and he was man of the match that day. So it's easy to forget in his absence just how good a player Gabriel Jesus is. Yes, the injuries are frustrating and it is you do get annoyed when it's like he comes back, he goes out again. There's a tendency to be, I'll just forget about him. Let's just move on. Let's move on. You can't do that. And Jesus is such a top player and you want him fit for this running, just like you want Thomas Partey fit, just like you want Zinchenko fit, just like you want Tommy Asu fit. So I think managing their return, all four of theirs, but particularly Jesus, whose goals could be so crucial in this running, in the big, big games, it is absolutely essential you get it right. So for everyone saying, why, why didn't we play him against... Newcastle. Why didn't you give him thirty minutes? I think this is. I think I. I think it's ideal for Arsenal. To be fair, that you've had this extra week when they can train again this week, and then we'll see him against Sheffield United on Monday, and then you just get ensure you get the right amount of load into his legs, the right amount of minutes into his legs to ensure he is absolutely on it and ready to go when those massive games come around, which is in a really short amount of time now. So let me know your thoughts on the Gabriel Jesus situation anyway, and Thomas Partey and Zinchenko. You know, do you think they should all come straight back into this side? If not, do you think their return is being managed? Well, I had a comment and I, I tried to find it before I did this video. I couldn't find it, but someone had said, someone had messaged in, in I think a reply to yesterday's video, said, when does Arsenal's sort of cautiousness over Zinchenko, Jesus, party almost become a weakness because we're missing out on having them in some of these big, big games, which I understand. But I think also when you look at the results recently, it shows that, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't had too much of an impact, but I do agree that you don't want to be too cautious for too long because you need them back fit and you want to get minutes into their legs so that they are ready to go for these big, big games that come around because it will make such a huge difference to Arsenal, no doubt about it, a massive difference. So you need Gabriel Jesus fit and hopefully he will be fit. Well, he is fit and hopefully he'll be ready to go for these big, big games that come around very, very quickly. Right, just on Rio Ferdinand now, and like I said, I'm not going to get sucked into this. I'm not going to get annoyed by it or anything like that. I just genuinely wanted to point it out because I thought how hilarious his comment was when it comes to this. And he was talking on his five podcast on his own YouTube show. And uh, he was talking about Mikel Arteta. And this was such a classic. It's just clearly a wind up, I think, because I don't genuinely believe he he believes this himself when he says it. He says, Arteta would leave Arsenal to come to Manchester United 100%. No one is saying it's happening. But if Man United in their wildest dreams said, do you know what? Eric Ten Hag, thank you. Or, ter or Ten Hag, has been poached by Bayern Munich and he goes there. And Man United say, right, top of our list is Mikel Arteta. Arteta is going to Arsenal and saying, listen, lads, it's been emotional, but I've got to move on and I've got to go. I mean, do you genuinely think he believes that? It just made me laugh when I saw it. It made me, made me think, I wonder what Mikel Arteta would look like when he's reading that or if, when he, if he hears it or if he's mad enough to watch Rio Ferdinand's YouTube show. I wonder what he would look like. And then it made me think, Probably this, if you're watching on YouTube, I think this is probably the exact reaction of Mikel Arteta reading what Rio Ferdinand has had to say. And I think we can all, that is all what we would all think 
that uh, when you're reading what he's had to say there, because it is clearly just complete and utter rubbish. He's living in la-la land if he thinks that Mikel Arteta would be saying bye-bye to Arsenal and heading to Manchester United any time soon. Right, quickly on Christopher Olsen. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but really sort of sad and worrying news coming out of um, Denmark about Christopher Olsen, of course, a former Arsenal player. Arsenal sent their best wishes this morning. This is a tweet from Arsenal to um, Christopher Olsen. If you haven't seen it, Mitchelland have put out a statement about Olsen, who's a former Arsenal player, of course, came over to Arsenal. I think he made his debut, he made a senior appearance, I remember, in the League Cup. I think it was the day that um, Thomas Eisfeld scored in the win against West Brom in the League Cup a good few years ago under Arsene Wenger, of course. And he's he's having some real worrying sort of medical issues. And this is a statement that Mitchland have put out. said, everyone at FC Mitchland is, of course, deeply affected by Christopher's sudden illness. Christopher is suffering from what appears to be an acute brain-related illness, which is neither due to self-inflicted harm of any kind nor due to external factors. A team of leading Danish medical experts are currently working under pressure to make a diagnosis, diagnosis and initiate the correct treatment. So really worrying news from Christopher from uh, Denmark there about Chris Rolson, the former Arsenal player. And can I, I can only reiterate what Arsenal have said themselves, sending their best wishes to him and uh, and his family, of course, and his teammates and everyone at Michelin. And hopefully he can have a full and speedy recovery. So best wishes to Christopher Olsen. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Right, moving on to some of your questions and comments now. I've got quite a few of these today. Uh, as I said, it's quite quiet at the moment in terms of news. I'll have a few days off, so I thought I want to go, go through few more questions and comments than I normally do on the show. First up here is from Corey. He says, hi, Charles. Personally, I think I'm completely put off signing Ivan Tony. He's a good striker and consistent, but his price tag attitude at times and the limitations he would bring to the team if he did sign are there for all to see. I think if you're going to spend 60 million plus, you need to be signing someone who ticks a lot of boxes. Isaac, Boniface, Osterman, Vlajevic, to an extent, all make a lot more sense. Even Evan Ferguson. Interested to see your thoughts on this. Yeah, look, Corey, it's an interesting one. I do like Ivan Tony, and I wouldn't be against Arsenal signing Ivan Tony. The longer it goes on, the more I start to think I don't. It's probably I don't think it's probably going to happen. But um, there has been interest there, no doubt about it. I think the price tag, unless Brentford seriously reconsider what they're expecting for Ivan Tony, I think that's going to put off not just Arsenal but a lot of clubs. I can't see anyone going to the extravagant sort of fee that Brentford are demanding. I say can't see anyone, maybe Chelsea, because it's Chelsea. Um, but I but I wouldn't be against it. I think he'd bring something different to this squad. Um, but there's, you know, I, I'm absolutely not in that I only want Ivan Tony category. Like I suggested, I, I kind of trust whatever Arteta and Edu go for. They're going to have a spef- specific striker in mind um, or forward in mind. Maybe not maybe not an out-and-out striker. It might be a forward. Um, 
in mind who they think can take the squad forward and whoever they decide on, I think we have to trust that it's going to be right. I said it yesterday. I think the very top of my list, to be honest, would be Alexander Isaac. If Newcastle would be willing to sell, who knows? Um, but I think Isaac just fits. I just think he fits Arsenal. His his work rate is excellent. His technical quality is excellent. He can play as a central striker or he can play out left, play out wide left. Really, really skillful. His link-up play is good. He really does press very well. I just think he ticks an awful lot of boxes for me in terms of what Arsenal need as a forward. Uh, he's Premier League proven. And yeah, I just think it, I just think it's right. I think it's a really good fit. Um, so I think he's probably right up towards the top of the list for me. I'd have him above Ivan Tony in my hit list when it comes to a forward. But everyone else you mentioned there, you know, all of them, Boniface obviously getting a lot of attention. Osimhen we know probably is going to move. Vlajevic is finding a little bit of form right now for Juventus as well. Seems to be settling down finally after that big move from from Fiorentina. So all of those, you know, if Arsenal, if that's who Arsenal go for, then ultimately that's who, you know, I'd be quite happy with. But uh, I think Alexander Isaac at the top is for me. Another one about strikers here from Mr. Slinksy says, two questions. If we sign a striker, do you think it'll be our number one striker to replace Jesus or a squad striker that's better than Eddie? And what do people think of Rashford? He can provide cover in all three attacking positions, would certainly add more goals. He seems like he needs more motivation and Arteta doesn't seem scared of a project. If we get him on a similar package to Havertz, I say go for it as we could sell both Eddie and Reese. Right. On Rashford, if you'd asked me that about a year ago, I'd have been like, yeah, I would. I, I like Marcus Rashford. I've always liked Marcus Rashford. Like you said, he can play in a multitude of positions across the back, across the forward line. I've been a bit put off by Rashford about, I mean, I know obviously United things are great at the moment and you can see players sometimes when they're playing under a manager that they don't really like. And I get that impression purely as a hunch, no information on it, but I get the impression that a lot of them aren't really appreciating what's playing under Eric Tanghard and um, Rashford might well be one of those players, but I'm not sure. Now, I think I'd rather go somewhere else that doesn't have the emotional baggage and the and the kind of scars of coming from another club. We've seen it. It's, it's hard to deal with. We've seen it with Havertz at the moment with Chelsea, you know, and although that's going a lot better and he's settling in well, it's still, it just, it just, it's an extra obstacle that players have to navigate when they make a move like that. Um, just being scarred with the sort of taint, taintedness of another club, especially a club like Manchester United. So I'm not sure. No, it wouldn't be something I'd go for. It'd be huge money as well. He's on massive, massive wages. Um, when you say, do you, do you think uh, the striker we signed will be a number one striker to replace Jesus or a squad striker? I think it'd be someone to replace Jesus. I don't think that'd mean that Jesus would leave, but I think if you're going to improve the squad now, you need to sign players who are better than what you've got. I don't think you need to sign a replacement for Eddie and Ketia in the summer, another number two. I need You need a, you need a number one who's basically going to push Jesus level and compete with Jesus for that start. I don't necessarily mean again that it will be he'll come in and push Jesus out. I think you can rotate the two, but you've got to you've got to raise the quality each time you sign a player. You've got to raise the quality now. That's how Arsenal are going to close the gap on Manchester City. It's not about just doing a slight improvement on Eddie and Ketia. It's about trying to improve on Gabriel Jesus and then raising the level of Jesus while he tries to compete to continue to win back that number one choice. So for me, yeah, it has to be a replacement for Jesus, not a replacement for Eddie Inketia. Here's one from Louis who asks, this is a random one, but I've noticed Martinelli didn't get credited with the assist for Odegaard's goal against Burnley. It was one of the clearest assists you'll ever see, so I cannot get my head around it. Thought, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Um, the Premier League's goal panel, whatever it is, or the assist panel that they've got, deemed that it took a really significant, the cross took a really significant deflection. It wasn't meant for Odegaard. 
It was just a cross into the box. It took a big deflection off the defender and went out to the edge of the box where Odegaard was. And so they took the assist off Martinelli, which I think at the time watching it on real time, I didn't even notice the deflection. Even watching it back, you can't really tell, really. But it must be there. And and they've taken the assist off Martinelli, which I think was really, really harsh. Um, fortunately, it wasn't in my FPL team because I'd have been even more annoyed about it. But uh, yeah, he wasn't credited with the, with the assist. And that's why, because they said it, the deflection was such a significant one that he didn't mean for the cross to go to um, Martin Odegaard on the edge of the area. Uh, here's one from Ben, who says, I keep saying you're Ben whenever you, you uh, send a message in. Uh, I, and if I'm wrong, please do flag me up on it, Ben. But I think I'm right. I'm sure I, I'm sure I know that your name is Ben McAteer. Um, but uh, if it's not, and I'm just consistently calling you Ben and it's not your name, please do flag me up on it. But I'm going to go with Ben for now. Uh, you say, hi, Charles. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but what result from the Liverpool versus City game would you want? I guess a draw. If that happens, and assuming we win the next one, that could put us top on goal difference with all teams having played the same amount of games. One game at a time, though, and all Arsenal can do is win their old batches. Yeah, that old that old uh, chestnut, one game at a time, it definitely is true. Right now, you just got to worry on what Arsenal are doing because if Arsenal muck up before Liverpool play Man City, that result doesn't really matter. They've just got to concentrate on doing what they're doing right now. Uh, but in terms of that game, yeah, look, I think, I think a draw is definitely the result Arsenal would want. Um, it's so tight at the top at the moment that it's really hard to call. I mean, I think City are favourites and the favourites are a reason because they've been there and done that, but they do have a little deficit to make up on Liverpool. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily, and what I've seen from Liverpool so far, I wouldn't necessarily expect them suddenly to fall away. So I think a draw has to be the result that you take. That would certainly be the one that I would go for. And there's some interesting games coming up. I mean, Liverpool go to Forest away, I think, this weekend with all their injuries. You know, Forest, for all their faults away from home, are still a pretty strong side at home. That maybe they could do something there. And this Manchester derby is, of course, coming up. Unfortunately, it's at the Etihad, so you'd think United, United will just get hammered there because let's face it, United are terrible. But um, but you never know. Derby day, anything can happen. So we'll see on that. Um, here's one from Sea Lord, and this is in response to what I was talking about yesterday about Edu's comments pre-match about um, just basically telling the fans, look, trust us. We know we've got. We've got irons in the fire. We know who we're going to try and sign this summer. Just just uh, wait and see. And Sealaw uh, says, just read the Edu comments from before the game. And one of the parts you didn't cover was actually quite interesting. He spoke about how most of the players we have signed are young, energetic and passionate. That did make me wonder if any striker we sign will be a younger player than some of the established names we've been linked with. Or could I be reading too much into it? What do you think? And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see these comments that Sea um, Lord is talking about here from Edu. He said, I think if you see the type of players we have at the moment, it's players with big, big commitment to the club, which is very important. So the way we transmit to the fans, transmit to the people, our commitment, sometimes you can lose, you can win games. It's all part of the sport. It helps us perform the best way possible and show the passion we have for the club to try and win as many games as we can. Many times in certain conversations to recruit players, you don't see the character of the player or the character of the player does not fit well with what you are trying to do. And then you have to move on and try and find what we're really looking for. If you see all the signings we've made since we started together, everyone is almost the same. Young, energetic and passionate. Good talents with big, beautiful futures ahead of the game. Yeah. So in response to what you're saying, Lord, yes, I can see it. But I do think Arsenal from time to time... You can't just sign those sort of players. I think you do still need to, you know, look at what they did with Declan Rice. I know he's young, but he, he was, you know, Declan Rice is a genuine, one of the top players in the world in his position when Arsenal signed him. 
Jesus as well, I would say, even Zinchenko. You know, there, there's you do Arsenal absolutely target. We know that the age range, 21 to 23, um, hungry players, talented players with potential. We know that is Arsenal's go-to player in the transfer market. But I also, and it wouldn't surprise me again if when Arsenal make signings this summer, that's the player they target. That's the sort of player they target. But also, there is always room just to go outside that box. You can't always just do that. And whether that will be the striker, I don't know. Maybe they will just go for a proven world-class striker. We'll have to wait and see. But it wouldn't surprise me, like you're saying, if they do go out of the box. The names that they're being banded around, the Ossomens, the Tonys, everyone like that. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they just go completely against all that and they sign someone that none of us have really expected yet or a name that hasn't really come about yet and that suddenly emerges as a big target for Arsenal. You know, someone like a, a Xerxes at Bologna, who we know are are in Arsenal have looked at Sam Dean at the Telegraph reported that and he came on the show and talked about it you know a player like that who none of us have really expected them to go for then suddenly he's the player that they really firm up their interest in and sign rather than the big names that everyone's talking about so it wouldn't surprise me at all see Lord and like you like you said I thought they were interesting comments as well so thank you very much for pointing that out right a couple more now um before I go Corey says do you think um do you think Zinchenko, Party, Jesus and Tomiyasu have clear routes back into the team? For me, I can't see it at the moment. Kivior, Jorginho and Havertz have been delivering in key stages and displacing them would be a travesty. I think what we need to factor in here is that, you know, over this running, you can't play the same team week in, week out. It just can't happen. You're going to have to make changes. And where Arsenal are potentially struggling to do that now is because these players are injured. And that's meaning that the players on the bench, Mikel doesn't really have the most amount of trust in. He'll he'll change it when the game's done and dusted like we've seen in the last few games but when it's tight like against Porto for example he didn't really turn to his bench to try and change that but if he had Zinchenko, Party, Jesus and Tomiyasu fit he would be able to do that and that's why it's so important so I don't think they should all walk back into the team by any means but they need to be there to be options to one week you can play them in a the team or you can have them on the bench and then you can be confident in making changes in a really big game say at Manchester City away you can change things if needs be. So that's why I think they're so, so important. But yeah, I don't think they should absolutely walk back into the team just because of their names. Absolutely. Because everyone's been doing so well in their absence. And lastly, just on, um, this is one from Niels, just on Kai Havertz. He says, hi, Charles. Love your daily updates. Thank you very much. Um, usually listen on Spotify, but wanted your view on Kai Havertz. How do you rate him as a sign-in with his high fee in the context? In the beginning, many labelled him as a flop, but should he now be considered a decent sign-in or even a great sign-in? He has for sure improved and gotten more comfortable in the team and system. I like him, so I'd say leaning towards being a great signing. Best regards, Niels. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd say great signing yet. I think he's been a good signing. I think he's proven to be a good signing. I think right now he's playing very, very well. He's given Arsenal options in different areas of the pitch, whether that be in midfield or a forward, false nine, wherever you play him. Um, he gives Arsenal much needed versatility and he's clearly looking a completely different player now. As he than he was when he started. He settled in more. I think he feels more at home. He's, you know, goals have helped. He's got seven now this season. If he can carry on and get himself into double figures by the end of the season, which you imagine he will, that's very hard to really criticise him in his first full season at Arsenal. It's taken him a while. There were confidence issues. I think there's still on confidence issues. You look at that chance he missed against Newcastle. I think if it we get to the stage when Havertz goes through and starts putting those away and you feel really confident he's going to put those away, then I think that's going to be a, another step forward for him. Um, he's always going to have the £65 million price, price tag hanging over him. Any player who moves for big money, especially from Chelsea, is going to have to deal with that. But I think right now he's looking like a good sign-in. There's no doubt about it. He gives Arsenal versatility. I think 
I, I was listening to the Ask Cast for Andrew and James yesterday. And I think they made a really good point with, as well as Granite did last season in that role, what Havertz gives you that perhaps Granite doesn't now is with these injuries that Arsenal have had and options, there's no way you could have played Granite in left midfield one day and then moved him to play as a striker another day. But Havertz gives you that option and he gives you a really good option to do that, which we've seen in recent games. So I think he's proven to be a really a decent signing. I know he's going to it's going to go more. Um, he needs to do more to win over a lot of other people, but um, I think he's been a, he's been a good signing. Whether he's been a sixty five million pound signing, I think that's still up for debate. But I think still think he's got huge amounts of room to grow and huge amounts of potential to get better and better over the next couple of years. So we'll wait and see on that. All right, that's it for me. This one's gone on a little bit longer than I was expecting, up to 26 minutes now. So, yeah, sorry about that. It's a little bit longer than I usually do. But thank you very much for so many of you for getting in touch. Like I said at the start of the show, thank you so uh, for all the support you've given this channel after four years. Uh, and, yeah, long may it continue. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.